I'm dancing and I can't be bothered now. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hi, friend. Happy true fall. I feel like it's getting real these days that it is no longer summer and Thanksgiving is next month. Um, I hosted for the first time this year something called the Elegant Excellence Mastermind. We have about 125 folks who have been joining my business partner and I for bi-monthly coaching calls, working through my Elegant Excellence course and the brand new Elegant Excellence journal and in private communities based on where they are at in their business. If you are an entrepreneur, we did this as a test to see if we liked it and you liked it and the jury's in. We all love it. So we will be hosting another six months starting in January. And stay tuned for applications for that coming in early December. I share that because today's episode came out of a lengthy post of one woman, Sandy, in our group. And it happened to be exactly what I myself have become aware of and been working on really just in the last few weeks. It was a Saturday a few weeks ago, and Jeremy was out of town for a guy's weekend. I woke up leisurely and I went under my balcony and I had a book, Gabby Bernstein's Judgment Detox, that I'd bought probably a year or two ago and was just now feeling drawn to read. It had just been sitting on my shelf. So I got out a blanket and I had my turmeric ginger latte and I'm reading and I became aware of how often and how immediately I have thoughts of something else I should be doing. Oh, right. I was supposed to Instagram this morning, which... By the way, when I say supposed to, I just mean I thought last night that I wanted to. So I post and I start reading again. Oh, I should be replying to comments. I I was going to reply to comments and then I got sucked into the book and distracted and 20 minutes have passed. So I go back on my phone. Then I go back to reading. Oh, I should finish my wedding blog post today, which we got married in February and it took a few months to get the photos back. But by now it's been months simply because every task that I am forever saying I should do, there's always a louder deadline that was winning out. Push that aside and I go back to reading and I think, oh, I should finish ordering things for that entryway nook. Decorating our apartment was a goal that I had to finish in August before we left for France for a month. It's October and I'm still trying to finish it. And I've had awareness about this before, but I think it was just being incredibly chill in that day, having a spacious Saturday, doing something I knew was healthy, like reading this self-help book, that made it even more pronounced. No matter what I'm doing, I'm beating myself up that I'm not doing something else. Even when I'm working on something good, I feel guilty that I should be working on something else. Even when I'm being productive, I feel shame and failure that I'm not doing more or haven't already done more. Wow. All day, every day, I'm telling myself that I am a failure, a disappointment, irresponsible, behind, not working hard enough. Doesn't that sound exhausting? I wonder if this resonates with you. If not this specific thought, then another one. Maybe it's mom guilt. Whenever you're at work, you feel guilty that you're not with your kids. Whenever you're with your kids, you feel guilty that you're not at work. When you're at work, you're thinking of all the things that you didn't do for the kids that you have to do when you get home. When you're at home, you're thinking of all the things you didn't get done at work that you want to go back to once they go to bed. 
Maybe it's your beauty or your weight. Like all day you have that little voice that you don't look good. People are judging you. Don't look in the mirror. Maybe look in the mirror to see if you can make it better. I know this doesn't happen for everyone. I shared this with my business partner, Franklin, and he was like, huh, I never have that thought. I never feel guilty for doing what I'm doing. I was like, well, you're, that sounds relaxing inside your mind. <laughs> like, that sounds lovely. So I know that our brains don't have to do this, but I think for many of us, they do. And I mean, we know statistically, I think it's something like 85% of our thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday and 60% of them are negative or something like that. So we know that these thoughts are a pattern and we've wired them into our brain. There is a smooth off-ramp that our brain appreciates because it takes very little energy and it wants to keep that energy so that we can keep, keep alive and get more done. And so if we want to change our thoughts, which science says we absolutely can do, it's called neuroplasticity, we can make a new off-ramp, a new default, but it takes work because we've spent a lifetime building that other off-ramp. So I have two things that I personally am using to do that work of trying to build a new off-ramp. So let's use my mastermind student, Sandy, as an example. I won't give you her whole backstory of what she posted because I think you can gather enough of it from my response to her. So I said, number one, Sandy, instead of worrying, if I had coaching clients booked, I wouldn't have been able to spend that time with my kids. Remember that you said, it's rare my grown kids want this much help. Buying a house, getting an appendix out, in back-to-back weeks, these aren't things that happen every month. And be grateful that it fell in a season when you didn't have those clients yet, when your client base is still growing, you're just getting your business up and running. But that was atypical, your family needing and asking for that much time. So choose love over fear. You love that it worked out that way instead of fearing, but what about next time? Because our default is worry. What if my business takes off and I don't have time for my family? What if I do get these coaching clients in six months and then my sons need me again and then I have to cancel on the clients or I feel like I'm not prioritizing my family and we just go in this worry spiral. I go into the anxiety and shame spiral all the time. Notice that's fear. Whereas love says, I'm so grateful for this timing. I'm so grateful that I have kids that I love and that they needed help at the time when I could help them. Like, thank you, universe. I'm so grateful that I have a growing business that I love and that it's okay that my kids don't need me all the time. I'm not clingy and needy and I don't feel that emptiness. Number two, instead of worrying, ah, what if I'm not getting the investment out of the mastermind because I'm really behind? Start now. It's okay that you didn't start the Elegant Excellence Journal in August when it arrived. The exercises are just as valuable when you do do them. It's okay that you felt overwhelmed in Franklin's finance class last week. Decide you're going to hire a bookkeeper. You're going to have someone who meets with you every month and does what he taught you alongside you. Like your son said, you aren't an expert in building websites. So it's normal that you're overwhelmed about your website right now. And maybe you shouldn't be doing the website. We aren't an expert in all the things. Maybe you should be hiring someone to do the website instead of beating yourself up for the fact that you're struggling with it. I am just now, after eight years, starting to take a more active role in understanding my finances. Until now, I have 100% 
hired people to do what overwhelmed, confused, and deflated me. So again, notice that the thought is failure, defeat, overwhelm. Instead of, how can I make this easier? How can I get someone to help me with this? You've got an off-ramp, natural negativity, guilt, and shame, just like me. And you can start to make one instead of hope and possibility. So what I'm working on for myself right now is a major awareness of how much I self-judge. No matter how much I do, I feel like I should have done more. No matter what I'm working on, I feel like I should be working on something else. It's years of habit grooves built up. My mind has become wired for anxiety, shame, and overwhelm. So a few things that are helping me with that. Number one, affirmations. Choosing my thoughts. Things like, look what I get to do. Like like gratitude for the fact that I get to create this thing today in my business instead of, oh, I have so many to-do items. Or this is going to be easy. Instead of, oh, this has been hard in the past. I usually overcomplicate. I'm sure I'm going to get interrupted in the middle of it. Oh, this is going to be easy. And there's enough time for the right things. Instead of, I'm behind. I should be doing something else. No matter how hard I work, it's not going to be enough. There's enough time for the right things. I have these written in an online journal. And while I don't use it every day, the days that I do go and rewrite them, it's really helpful. Number two is the wand, which is a technique I teach inside the Elegant Excellence Journal. And I'm going to teach that uh, publicly this fall. But basically, it's seeing your negative thought and how unproductive it is, which, again, I'll explain uh, more to you all soon. But number three is making the next choice. That's the phrase that Gabby Bernstein uses for it. And it's a concept I learned from Brooke Castillo, but hadn't really attached to my current situation until I heard Gabby say it recently. It's the idea that you can't go from I'm totally overwhelmed to I'm going to get it all done. That's going from one to a 10. It's unrealistic. Your brain doesn't believe you. So this concept of Having an affirmation or using the wand technique to see a negative thought and change it into a more positive one, our brain isn't going to believe us if we feel at a, at a one about it and we're like, I'm going to be great. So the way Brooke would use this because she does weight loss coaching is saying you can't go from I hate my body to I have a, a sexy body. Your brain's just not going to believe it. But you can go to I have a healthy body. I have a functioning body. So you can go to the next best thought, which if you're feeling overwhelmed and behind might be, I'm going to do this one thing. Or I'm so proud that I did X, Y, Z yesterday because so often we don't acknowledge what we did. We're only looking at what we haven't done. And those things can be true. You did accomplish things yesterday. You can do one thing today. That is a plausible, impossible belief for your brain to get on board with. When you're on that negative off-ramp, What's a thought that's not a 180-degree shift? You're not turning the car in the exact opposite direction. It's a 45-degree shift. It's like a quarter of the way towards being more positive. Number four, I've prayed about what for me is the opposite of judgment, shame, anxiety. What thought could I have that, that would replace that? And what I got for myself, which may be different for you, is pride and peace. Those are the two words that came up. Being proud of who I am. We think of pride as a bad thing. You shouldn't be prideful. But I realized actually that to me is the antidote. If I am proud of who I am, I'm proud of what I'm doing, what I've accomplished, 
what I'm capable of, feeling peaceful about myself in all those same ways, when I'm feeling anxiety, judgment, and shame around not doing enough, what I'm really saying is I'm not proud of myself and I'm not at peace with myself. So for me, those two words help me see myself as less of a weak, overwhelmed, just out of control, no options victim, and more as the confident, accomplished, badass CEO woman that I really do know that I am. And yet my default just in this area is so much more mean and demeaning to myself. And that was a huge aha for me, that I am confident in a lot of ways, but just not in this way. This area is a place for improvement. And you'll notice that all four of those things I shared are just different angles on the same thing. I am working on my mind. I'm just coming at it from a bunch of different little angles. I'm noticing this awful off-ramp in my brain, and I'm working to create a new one, which is neither easy nor fast, because the other one has been there for my entire life, pretty much. In addition, I'm working on my schedule and my patterns. So I shared with my students on a call that we just had about the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal that I found a gap in the journal for myself that I'm adding in for us in 2020. And that's listing out all of your current projects and then looking at the calendar to see which are or are not top priorities just this week based on deadlines and ordering them accordingly. And then going through and noticing for each what are celebrations, thoughts, shifts, or next steps. So that lets me celebrate that I made progress on this this last week. Helps me admit that I've been avoiding this due to some resistance, probably a story that I've made up about how it's going to be hard or it's complicated or I feel guilt or shame because I'm already behind on it. It can shift the expectation that it's not going to get attention this week because there are other higher priorities and or come up with a few things that could help me with it, could help me move the ball down the court which I then immediately put into Asana, which is my project management system with my team. Yours might be your day planner or your to-do list so I can do or delegate them. So I'm aware that it's not just my mind. It's my time and my actions. When I did that exercise for the first time and I put all the things from that brainstorm session in my Asana this week, I realized there was no way I was going to get it all done. I tried to assign everything on that list, a, a little time window, and I just knew it was impossible which didn't mean that I could immediately figure out, okay, what do I do about that? But I could acknowledge the truth, which is not that I'm a failure, but if I expect that I'm going to do all of this, I am going to fail. And thus, I needed to shift the expectation, which is hard because all of these projects are important, deadlined, behind, needed. If you've done the work throughout the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, You already have simplified and prioritized, and there's still too much. So I don't have the answer for this as in I've done it myself, but what I'm going to try next is organizing those priorities because if I can't do them all, then I must choose. And I feel like I can't. I feel like they are all so important. Well, then I'll keep feeling anxiety, shame, judgment at being behind, failing, and overwhelmed which sounds like an awful way to live. So I have to choose. That's literally the conversation my business partner, Franklin, and I were having yesterday. We have to put them in an order and decide that X is more important or goes ahead of Y. 
And gosh, that is so much harder than it sounds if you're a person with a lot of dreams, ideas, and desires, ways you want to go, things you want to create. If you're trying to save money and lose weight and be more social and read more books and get ahead on your deadlines at work, there's a lot of things and dreams that you have that you're having to say, I'm not going to do some of those right now. Some of those are going to get put on the back burner. Or if you're an entrepreneur who has an email list and an Instagram and a YouTube channel and a course you're teaching and a new course you're creating and a promotion that you're running, you have so many balls up in the air and it feels like I need all of those. I need to be driving new traffic. I need to be cultivating my current clients. I need to be selling. I need to be doing all the things. But my reality of not choosing is a daily shame soundtrack. And I want to break it. So while I am sharing this before I have done that, that is my next step. So a non-business example came to mind when Sandy had said, I'm not using my investment in the mastermind. I'm, I'm panicking. Did I invest in something unwisely? And I said, I just bought something expensive for our apartment. And it arrived and I didn't like it at all. And there's no returns, which I hadn't paid attention to. Ugh. I can so quickly go down into a shame spiral of disappointment in myself. I failed. I'm frustrated. Negativity. And I did promptly do that. But today, I chose a different line, both in thoughts and reminding myself of my priorities. I said, I am proud of myself for choosing to make swift decisions in decorating our home. It was a priority because I had seen what an energy leak taking two years to finish a home was like in my last home before we got married. And that does mean sometimes I'm going to make a wrong decision because I'm moving fast. But on the other hand, I waffled for forever over things in our last home and didn't love them all. And we got rid of some of them when we moved. So more waffling doesn't even necessarily help. But anyhow, while I will sometimes choose wrong and it will lose us money or take time to return it, it is still going to get done in less time, which as an entrepreneur means I can go make more money or rest up to make more money. So ultimately, I come out ahead financially. I move quickly, losing some along the way, because in the long term, it makes me more. And also on the time front, did I then have to go back to the drawing board and find something to replace it and deal with writing them and see if I could return it. I lost a little bit of time, but ultimately because I am making swift decisions, I still am going to have saved more time at the end of the project. So that's using both my thoughts, like the wand where we look at our negative thoughts and we redirect them, and my priorities. If I had written out financially that I would spend a little more on the apartment to have that time and energy back for my business, if I I had to choose X or Y, and so I chose subconsciously, I did make that decision. Actually, not even subconsciously. I said it out loud to Jeremy. But now I have to remember my choice and not panic like I did when I opened the box and I hated it. I forgot that that was my priority and it was some of what was going to come up along the way. But a couple days later, I'm making that mental shift and way faster and at all <laughs> compared to where I used to be. One of our mastermind girls, Devin, shared another super relatable example. They had ordered a couch, which they didn't go in and try. And when it arrived, it was very not comfortable. And like me, they couldn't return it. And she's about to have a baby. So she went into a spiral because money is tight and time is tight and all of those things. But then she looked at her thoughts and her priorities. And she 
realized through my sharing this, she was like, that's what I did. I chose a new thought of we're not stuck. We have options. And she chose what her priorities were. They ended up asking their family to help loan them some money for the couch because she decided having a comfortable couch with a newborn is more of a priority than not having to ask for help, not having, you know, not having to swallow my pride and ask for help or be uncomfortable. Someone might just decide the opposite. You might say, actually, my priority is I don't want to ask for help because I know that's been a, a you know, manipulative relationship. So I'm I'm okay with the uncomfortable couch because actually my priority is not going back to that other relationship. So this time she asked her family for some help. They went and tested out new couches. They found one that they loved and then they were able to sell the old one. So it ended up not being as hard financially as they thought. And I love how practical that is because we all have those times. We all have those times when we regret a decision that we made. We regret something that we prioritized. We panic that we made the wrong decision or we made the wrong priority. But just now amplify them by the 30 things you're juggling in a couple of days. Decisions, deadlines, expectations, disappointments. And you realize how often we're bombarding ourselves or maybe bombarding ourselves over the course of days with all of these little things. And as one of our other students, Mary, commented, this can be even more heightened when you're an entrepreneur because you have such PTSD over so many decisions, not having things happen as quickly as you want and find out they were more complicated and did I just made the wrong decision and there's no one else to ask and there's so many options and there's so many things you have to do to grow a business. And money has been or is so scarce that you you know, quit your steady job or you were saving every penny to get this business started or the business isn't making as much financially as you thought. And so therefore anything with money specifically can feel so tense, whether that is losing money like the couch or the item for our home, or I'm not doing enough to make money, which would more so subconsciously be what it is on on my brain. We have this priority and we have that priority. And Mary saying that really hit home for me, realizing that my DNA for years as a dancer and then as a new entrepreneur was total panic around money. So even today, when it's not devastating that I make a financial mistake, my mind still goes to that immediate off-ramp that it is. And then I'm down in the shame and failure spiral. So whatever your thoughts, think back and you can probably be more gracious with yourself when you see that this started because you had an abusive boss or your parents got divorced. Whatever it is in your past, your story off-ramp now is, I'm not safe. I'm not good enough. I'm going to get in trouble, whatever it is for you. And one of the reasons this is so important is that if we're hard on ourselves, we're hard on others. If we judge ourselves, we're more judgmental of others. If we're berating ourselves all day long, the slightest feedback from anyone, which we talked about in last week's episode, feels like punching us when we're down and feels so mean that we lash back out. That was a struggle for me for years in my business. I felt for years like I was such a horrible boss and it really was because I was so hard on myself. I had I was constantly being disappointed in myself. So I was constantly being hard on and disappointed by others. And I see it now come up in my marriage that if I am just beating myself up all day and then Jeremy gives me some feedback on something that, that I could be doing better in communication or our relationship, it just feels like, oh my gosh, you're like the 29th punch in the last two hours. 
when really he just said one thing. I've been pummeling myself the the previous 28 times. And so for me, I have realized if I want to have those healthier relationships, it really has to start with being kinder to myself. I heard three times last week something I had never heard before, and I heard it three times in three different places. It's that in the Bible, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. One of, one of the Ten Commandments, one of the big ones, which if you don't love yourself means you're not going to give that to others. So basically, it's not telling me if I beat myself up, that's what I'm going to do with others. If I'm disappointed in myself, so too with others. Maybe people were living 2,000 years ago, whatever, when the Bible was written, weren't as hard on themselves. Maybe they just did naturally love themselves. So that sounded like, oh, OK, so I should be kind gracious, and understanding to others because that's how I am to myself. But today we're like, love people like I do myself? Cool. So I'll be demeaning, demanding, and disappointed in others because that's what I'm doing to myself all day long. A while back, I don't think this would have hit me because I don't feel like I don't love myself. That wouldn't have been a thought that had resonated. It wasn't until I noticed this incessant self-judgment about how I spend my time and what I'm accomplishing and getting done that I realized it for what it is. And then the very next week, I heard that message three times. So thank you, universe. So self-love doesn't have to mean not wanting to lose 10 pounds and loving my body the way it is or self-care, like taking a bubble bath. What is it that you beat yourself up for the most? You're not a horrible person. You know that. So there must be a next thought and a next step to help you out of being so unkind to yourself. This goes back to episode three on changing your ish. Please listen to that one if you missed it. It's foundational to what we talk about here on the podcast. We have to believe that we can change, that we're worthy of and deserving of change. And it's in so many areas of my life. I am more kind to myself in my beauty from having become a stylist. I can see that I changed in how I feel about my body and my beauty and my self-love that I grew in that way. I have less anxiety that I'm a lazy person because I have a business to show for it. For years, that was one of my stories, which now that I say that out loud, I realize, yeah, it's, it's the preceding story to this one. I remember back in my musical theater days, which is my last career, I would feel so guilty on days that I would be four o'clock and I would just want to lay on the couch and watch Oprah or Oprah reruns. I don't know. And I just felt this shame like I should be. I had a nonprofit that I was running at the time or I should be, you know, doing my my voice um, voice lessons in my room. Like there's something productive I should be doing. And so for years, my question has always been, am I too hard on myself? And I'm actually doing a lot or am I not hard enough? And I actually inherently am a lazy person. And it really took starting a business for me to be able to realize, girl, you set an alarm when no one forces you to. You work all day. You will stay up late. You will work, you know, my early days, like you will work through the night. You will stay up till 4 a.m. to make sure that website gets done. You will work through the weekend. Like I had such a clear example of, People who are lazy don't grow multi-million dollar businesses alone. (laughs) So obviously, the real story is that I'm not lazy. I was able to see through years of that experience that that wasn't true. 
But it's more rare that we get those. And so what I'm going through now is kind of the next level of it. Okay, I'm not lazy, but I probably am not super productive, right? But I could be more, et cetera. Now we've kind of gone on to like, you know, the the on-ramp below it that's even more deep and insidious. I also want to point out when I was having all of those thoughts, I was going on auditions, going to audition classes, which again, no one made me go to those auditions. No one made me go to classes to get better. I was working jobs to pay my rent. I was starting a nonprofit. I was volunteering at church. Like if anyone else looked at that, they'd be like, girl, you were doing so much. No wonder you just needed an hour of chill in the afternoon. So just for anyone else who might need to hear that story and really look at what all am I accomplishing? The body needs to rest. And this is before we were really talking about this. Like, I feel like now Ariana Huffington has sleep and we're so much more aware of how we burn the candle at both ends as a culture. But I feel like 10 years ago when I was in my musical theater career, that wasn't something we talked about as much. And so I was beating myself up a lot more. But just because I've had that growth in, okay, I've changed in my thoughts around my beauty. I've changed in my fear of, am I inherently a lazy person? That doesn't mean that I am now automatically in the I've owned all my ish category that I'm just like, yeah, I've changed. I'm, I've, I've learned all the tools. I've listened to the You're Welcome podcast. I've been through Elegant Excellence. I've read the books like I'm just good. I know instantly how to change. No, it just means that I have a little more experience on the path to know that when I come upon the next thing that I find I'm beating myself up for or questioning or feeling guilt or shame around that I can feel more hopeful and more encouraged that it's possible to rewrite the story of a new off-ramp because I've done it before. And one thing that has really helped me with expectations for myself are hearing wise women that I learn about mindfulness from, like Brooke Castillo and Gabby Bernstein, who I mentioned earlier, that say they still struggle with this. They have to remind themselves of this all the time. In Judgment Detox, the book of Gabby's that I was reading, She talks at length about how one of her fears is that she says yes to things too quickly. She gets overwhelmed and then she says yes to something and then she goes back and second guesses her decision. And she talks about a time that she said yes to a partnership and then for months it was driving her crazy that she didn't feel she should have said yes to it, that it was too overwhelming, that it was too much time. It was making her too stressed out. She's like, I'm talking to my therapist about this, my husband, friends who don't care. Like, I just can't let it go. It's already happened, but I'm continuing to berate myself. And that makes me personally feel so much better. While I would not, of course, wish that on her, it is so helpful, so vulnerable, which is exactly why I do this podcast, to hear that after years of being a meditation and spiritual teacher, like the girl meditates for like does transcendental meditation for 40 minutes a morning. Yeah, I do not. But even with that, they are not just Zen, clear minded, so calm, never frazzled, no anxiety, total peace, perfect clarity. Like I dream about that. I think that's where I'm going to get to one day. I just envision this glowy, flowy, clear version of myself. But then I remember that these women have told me that's not a realistic expectation. However, they are each better than they were five years ago. And so am I. And in the next area, which for me is this judgment around getting enough done, I want to be better when I look back soon too. So it's internal with our thoughts. 
and external with our actions, which is not rocket science. But gosh, I am learning more and more about it, realizing that I have more power than I know. And so do you. We have more power than we acknowledge. We are more empowered over our life, our thoughts, our actions, and how we move through this world. So friend, join me and let's make a new choice. Like I taught in episode two on anxiety, healing is a series of teeny, tiny, small steps and shifts, but it works. I've done it before, so I'm believing that I can do it again. And so can you. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is noticing how everything comes together in the right time. As I've been working through these thoughts, so much has aligned. Information from so many places reinforcing the same thing. I did a counseling session, have listened to podcasts, tuned into a live stream, went to church, picked up a book on my shelf from a year ago, and I'm going, whoa, this is the same thing I heard yesterday, just said another way. Wow, she's using different language to make the same point that he did yesterday. And it reminds me of when I first started creating Elegant Excellence around the end of my four-month sabbatical in Europe, just trying to figure out how to heal without even knowing what it was that was broken, (laughs) looking for an answer, and I didn't even know what the question was. And I've shared that in that time, everywhere I looked for wisdom said the same thing. You are in control of your mind. Tony Robbins, The Secret, The Bible, neurolinguistic processing, a brain scientist, and now again, it's a counselor, a pastor, a life coach, a woo-woo spiritual teacher, and even the vulnerability of my own students. So whatever is on your heart, look for more wisdom and evidence, because I believe that it's all around you. And thus, who can you think to share this podcast with? It might be one more confirmation of exactly what they've been working through. Or swipe up and leave a quick review to help a stranger you don't even know pause for a minute to find right here just what they've been looking for. I'll see you here next week, love, with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.